You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured at CanadiansConnection.fm brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens. Hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 283 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm very pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor of the Hockey News Montreal, the founder and the president of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. And Rick, how are you doing today? I'm in a great mood, thanks. Um, how are you doing today? Pretty good. It's been uh, a busy week with games. We've had four since the last time we talked. It's been a while since we've had a busy week like that. Yeah, it's uh, been a very busy week. Lots of lots of news. Our um, our focus last week was on one Yuri Slavkovsky and, and the Canadians' top line, and um, they continue to be red hot. Today we're taking a little bit um, a, a, f- a different focus. Uh, we're we're putting the spotlight on a different part of the Montreal Canadiens uh, organization, really. Exactly. So uh, in this first segment, uh, we'll make sure that you get all all the way up to date on the Montreal Canadiens. Like I said, four games to talk about. Uh, some updates in the pros- uh, roster news. We'll talk about prospects. And, of course, some news from around the NHL. And then in segment two, uh, we have one Patrick Williams who's going to step in and join the show to talk about defense and uh, goaltending. So looking forward to that conversation. And, of course, in segment three, we'll turn it over to our listeners. We got quite a bit of reaction to last week's episode about uh, Yari Slavkovsky. So we'll uh, hear from uh, we'll hear some comments from some viewers on YouTube and then, of course, a couple tweets uh, let's uh, also turn it over to our listeners with a brand new question of the week. Our uh, Canadians Connection question of the week this time is, which up-and-coming defenseman do you think will eventually make a bigger impact on Montreal's blue line? David Reinbacher, Lane Hudson, or Logan Mayu? We want to make sure that we hear from all of our viewers and listeners. And Rick, what's the best way for people to reach out to us? Best way to reach out to us is uh, our text line. It's the Rocket Sports text line. You can reach us 24 hours a day. Um, it's five, eight, five, three rocket. Easy to remember five, eight, five, three rocket. I'll say it one more time. Five, eight, five, three rocket. If you have anything you want to talk about, um, any comments on today's show and yes, it's episode 283. We're calling it behind the blue lines. Um, the Canadians focus, uh, uh, Canadians, uh, defense and, uh, goaltending is the focus. 
You can also find us on social media. Just make sure you're following at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And we have a website you can check out. It's canadiansconnection.fm. Make sure that you're also checking out our comprehensive pregame previews and postgame recaps for every Montreal Canadiens game at thn.com slash Montreal. That's the hockey news for Montreal. Uh, turning the clock back all the way to February the 10th, uh, Dallas comes to town, uh, visits Montreal, and it's a 3-2 to two Dallas win. Uh, Alex Newhook made his return to the lineup. Um, all five goals came in the second period. Uh, for Montreal, it was Suzuki and Slavkovsky, and uh, for the Dallas Stars, two goals from Tyler Sagan, uh, one from Thomas Harley. Uh, the Habs were outshot uh, 38-20, so uh, not the best showing for the Montreal Canadiens in that one, and uh, really not a whole lot outside of that second period. Yeah, it was um, maybe not the best start for us when Sam Montembeau, the Thomas uh, Har- Harley um, goal right through the five-hole, and he was... Uh, Beating himself up on that one, he nodded his head, banged his stick. He he clearly wanted that back. Um, the other memorable incident, unfortunately, um, was a friendly fire incident where uh, Raphael Harvey Pinard ran into Yol Armia, suffered a lower lower body injury, and uh, he did not return to that game. Uh, so it was a back-to-back with uh, 1 p.m. starts. The very next day, the St. Louis Blues come to town, and it's a 7-2 St. Louis win. Uh, The Blues uh, pretty much had a hold on the game right from the start. Uh, The Blues went three for five on the power play Uh, for Montreal. uh, Suzuki does continue his point streak, putting up a goal. Uh, The Blues just in general proved to be too much for the Montreal Canadiens to handle and uh, way too many uh, D-zone errors that uh, Montreal inflicted upon themselves. Yeah, and the the St. Louis power play was was, uh, dominant throughout uh, as you mentioned, scoring three goals. Uh, but right off uh, the puck drop, 25 seconds into the game, Alexei Torobchenko uh, welcomed uh, Jaden Struble to the NHL, just went right around him um, and, uh, and got the, the first goal and, and you know, never really looked back. Um, I guess the um, an, another injury in this game, this time to Jordan Harris, um, Sammy Blay was, was ejected for the, the hit, which he, um, you know, in, in, in hindsight, looking back at the replay, Sammy Blay uh, really didn't, um, factor into this. It was, um, Jordan Harris falling awk- awkwardly behind the net. Um, and then it was when he fell uh, backwards and the back of his helmet, uh, hit the ice, um, you know, maybe concussion s- symptoms, we don't know, but, um, he was he was very wobbly, um, and um, again, um, you know, it was um, Josh Anderson who Josh Anderson has had <laughs> a season. Um, he is he's had quite a season in that um, you know he went that uh, how many games at the beginning of the season twenty seven or thereabouts. Um, without, uh, without a goal, um, had a hot December, scored six times, and since then only has one goal in his last 16 games. He was a minus four in that game um, and you know, isn't contributing um, in the goal scoring and isn't uh, contributing in any other way. He's not looked good um, in, uh, for, for, well, since the, um, the clock turned to, or the calendar turned to 2024. Uh, the third game this week comes on February the 13th. Anaheim comes to town, and Montreal wins 5 to nothing. Uh, the Ducks were just 
awful. Only 13 <laughs> shots on net. Uh, the easiest shutout that Caden Primo will ever have in his career. Uh, Suzuki managed to put up a pair of goals, and uh, right at the end, Brendan Gignac scores his very first NHL goal. I think that this was a case of Anaheim was that bad as opposed to Montreal being that good, but uh, they saw the opportunity. Uh, they took advantage and gave uh, the home crowd something to cheer about. Yeah, they, they certainly took advantage of the top line again. Um, but 13 shots on goal for Anaheim, that's their lowest shot total for any game this season. Uh, as you said, um, they were just awful. And uh, the last game uh, comes on February the 15th as Montreal has heads out to New York to visit the Rangers, and it's a 7-4 to New York Rangers win. Uh, your good friend Chris Kreider scores a hat-trick <laughs> in this one as uh, the New York Rangers score four goals in the second period, three in the third period, and actually the Habs uh, outshot the Rangers 35-31. to It was just goaltending that was the major difference here. Uh, Jonathan Quick, I think, had a pretty good uh, time in net for the New York Rangers. Bit, a bit of a surprise story uh, for them this season. And uh, on the other end, uh, Sam Montembeau uh, just uh, struggled a lot in this one. I'm not sure what was going on with him in that game. Yeah, it was just a bad start for Montembeau. And it's it's unfortunate because for the first uh, 30 minutes, Montembeau didn't see much of, of anything. Um, and um, I saw a clip from the Rangers broadcasters that were saying uh, th- what an easy night it was for Montembeau. But uh, then... Uh, the Rangers broke through and um, and and really feasted on on Montembeau. Um, the Canadians actually outshot the Rangers, uh, 35-31. They they generated more high danger scoring chances. Um, and if you look at expected goals um, from our friends at Natural Stat Trick, um, the Rangers' expected goals were 2.5. Montembeau gave up seven. You can tell it was uh, a tough night for him. Also a tough night. He wasn't the only one. Um, but Michael Pizzetta, rough game, Joshua Wah, rough game, and Arbor Jackai um, didn't look very good in this game at all. Absolutely. So with that, the Canadians record 21, 21, and 8, uh, only going up to 52 points this week, 25th in the NHL. And now the Habs have a 0.6 chance uh, of making the playoffs this season. That's on pace for 78 points. And uh, yeah, things certainly spiraling downward a little bit here, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, 0.6, that's not very good. That's not likely to happen, right? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Uh, So make sure that you check out Habs Notepad, Habs Headlines, feature articles, and game day posts appearing regularly at THN.com slash Montreal. Taking a look at roster news for this week, uh, as we talked about briefly, Joshua Waugh was recalled uh, from the Laval Rocket. Uh, This came just before the game against St. Louis. Uh, That's his second call-up this season, I believe, and uh, in his last five NHL games, zero points and a minus seven. Yikes. Um, Raphael Harvey-Pennard will be out four to six weeks uh, with a lower body injury. He's been placed on injured reserve. Uh, it's been a tough season overall for uh, RHP. Uh, injuries have been an ongoing issue for him. Uh, he left uh, again the game against uh, Dallas on Saturday after that uh, collision with teammate Yoel Armia, um, hoping uh, that uh, he can recover. But uh, certainly after the excitement uh, he brought fans last season, he's not lived up to expectations. No, that's right. Even when he's been in the lineup, um, he hasn't contributed in the way. And and listen, he had an ideal situation uh, last season uh, for for uh, stretches being placed on the first line, parked himself in front of the net, caused havoc, and and uh, picked up some points. Um, just hasn't been the same uh, this season at all. 
Brendan Gallagher returned to the lineup against the New York Rangers after serving a five-game suspension. Uh, it's nice that they got uh, a warm body back in the lineup uh, with the uh, injury starting to pile up. Uh, it's uh, nice to see Gallagher there. Uh, tough season for Gallagher overall. I thought he had a great start back in October, but uh, since then, it's uh, really just been heading uh, in a downward spiral too. It's really interesting hearing Brendan Gallagher's comments um, going as he returned to the lineup, um, saying that he didn't want to do that again. He didn't like... Um, the five game suspension and and of course that um, that kind of went into the to the um, um, all-star game break and and um, so it was it was a long time for him to be off the ice away from his teammates and and out of action and um, he said that you know when when he saw the incident um, him hitting uh, Adam Pellick uh, elbowing him um, he said he didn't recognize himself um, and um, and and I guess that that's the purpose of a, a suspension is to uh, allow a player to think and 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 uh, be contrite and and uh, that certainly uh, was the effect with Brendan Gallagher. For sure, uh, Jordan Harris is day to day with an upper body injury. Uh, he missed Thursday's game against the New York Rangers. Uh, he was hit by Sammy Blay. Uh, against uh, the St. Louis Blues on the Sunday. Um, to be honest, uh, like you said, this was more about uh, Jordan Harris falling awkwardly uh, behind the net as opposed to any damage that uh, Sammy Blade did to him. Yep, I agree. And and uh, as we said, speculation is that it's a concussion, so it's difficult to predict um, You know, a timeline uh, for him. Um, good news is that on Friday... Uh, he was on the ice for about 45 minutes in full equipment, skating, um, skating on his own. Um, so at least he's, um, you know, he's he's making his way back to the lineup. Definitely, and uh, some good news, uh, some more positive news for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Nick Suzuki was named the NHL's third star of the week last week, uh, coming in uh, one and two are uh, Sergei Bobrovsky and Jacob Markstrom. Uh, Suzuki earns that number three star as uh, he put up uh, six points in three games. And it uh, just seems like uh, Nick Suzuki's really turned things up. Uh, I'm excited to see if he can get some consistency there, because if he keeps playing like this, uh, he might actually be a bona fide number one center. Well, let's let's see how that turns out. And and right now he's projected uh, for a 79 point season. We always uh, talk about the Canadians being uh, lacking a point a game player um, right now, Nick Suzuki is is flirting with those uh, with those projections. For sure. Um, taking a look at trade watch, uh, we're going to start doing this uh, periodically as we lead up to the trade deadline. Um, the guy we want to talk about this week is one Jake Allen. So the Jake Allen trade speculation has been going on, I think, for the majority of the season. Uh, taking a look at some uh, trade boards on TSN's trade bait list. Jake Allen comes in at number 11. Uh, Chris Johnston's uh, trade board on The Athletic. He has Jake Allen coming in at number 9. I don't see any other Habs uh, on this list. Uh, The only thing I'll uh, point out is uh, there is another goalie on TSN's uh, trade list, and that's one Jacob Markstrom. So I think that if you have the choice between Markstrom and Allen, Markstrom's obviously the better goaltender. It's possible that that's holding up Jake Allen trade, but I don't want to speculate too, too much about that. But I know uh, there were some updates uh, in regard to Jake Allen and a potential trade, right? Yeah, I think um, just first you mentioned Markstrom, and I think uh, we've seen that that New Jersey is clearly interested in Jacob Markstrom. Um, Doesn't seem to be, they don't seem to be getting close. 
and um, and New Jersey, like other teams, um, are going to have a, a backup plan. And uh, so Jake Allen would 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 fit nicely, uh, you know, as part of that plan. Uh, UC Saros is is uh, said to be available. Uh, John Gibson, of course. Um, and we we saw this week that um, midweek it was reported that Colorado was finalizing a deal on uh, Jake Allen. Um, those reports kind of f- fell apart. Chris Johnston reported that no, they weren't close. Um, but that there was some discussion, um, you know, there it's comp- it's a bit complicated with respect to Jake Allen. He does have a partial, uh, no trade clause. Um, and, and obviously, uh, Kent Hughes has an, has a, uh, a package in mind that he wants to get back, has a number in mind, has something in mind. Um, and he's going to hold out until he gets it. And with respect to the goalie market, we're going to hear from um, uh, Kent Hughes in in just a minute. As far as other players, and we talked last week how uh, Darren Drager has mentioned David Savard and Josh Anderson. Josh Anderson, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, um, is is having an awful season, and at that salary level, that would be that would be a miraculous trade for Kent Hughes to make. Um, is moving Josh uh, uh, Josh Anderson uh, three years left after this season at 5.5. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, David Savard, um, yes, would be a nice fit uh, one more year after this if if there's a team that's wanting a player with term. You know, Kyle Dubas likes to do that um, and other GMs. Uh, 3.5 million on his. He's pl- had some injury uh, issues this season, fractured hand um, was out in November, December, uh, but he's still averaging 20 minutes a game, uh, leads the Canadians in block shots per game. Um, so David Savard is, is uh, a possibility. One, I, I want to mention this. I've been saying this um, amongst our Rocket Sports colleagues and to other people uh, around the NHL that I think it's going to be a Tanner Pearson, that Kent Hughes is going to try hard to move Tanner Pearson um, I don't see him on any, um, trade bait boards. Um, but he's, he's that kind of veteran that you can add and be a, you know, a Swiss army knife. He's before the Canadians played the power play and, and PK, um, and, and might fit into a playoff bound, uh, team. Uh, he has an expiring contract, um, and, uh, at 3.25 million. So with all of these, um, whether it's Allen, whether it's Savard, whether it's Tanner Pearson, you might think that um, the Canadians will have to withhold salary or in order to make it palatable to, before um, he can move, Kent Hughes can move um, the player. We'll just remind you um, that two of the three of the retention slots are already used. They're used in trades uh, for Jeff Petrie and, and Joel Edmondson. So, um would he like to make you know more than one trade? And, and he can, as long as there's not salary retention. But he, in those trades, there's only one that he can retain salary. Or, as he said, um, he'll he'll take on cap by acting as a third party uh, broker, kind of thing. Um, so that's our trade watch, um, and that um, hasn't changed much uh, since last week, other than the fact there was briefly. Uh, a flurry of of news on on uh, uh, Jake Allen that kind of fizzled as the day went th- went on. 
Yeah, and we'll have some uh, audio coming from uh, Kent Hughes a little bit later in the segment. Uh, for now, I think it's actually a good time to get to this week's winners and losers. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on the Canadians Connection. And uh, I think this time it's more of a just winners. Uh, I don't think we found any losers this week. We're feeling pretty optimistic about things, to well, be honest. It's Valentine's Day and, and, you know, all of that. We, we were yeah. just, yeah, in a good mood. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so starting off with a runner-up as winner, uh, we had to give uh, Connor McDavid a shout-out here. Recorded six assists on Tuesday night as the Oilers win 8-4 to four against the Detroit Red Wings. And uh, when I, I know that uh, some people think that assists are a little bit overrated, but, you know, when it's Connor McDavid and you're doing, like, two spinoramas <laughs> to make the perfect pass, I think that it's uh, more than worth it. So what, what did you have to say about uh, Connor McDavid on Tuesday? No, I'm 100% with you. We'll we'll be glad to give a stack, uh, stick tap to six assists in one game. So uh, for our actual winners of the week, uh, we have uh, one apiece. I'll start off uh, with mine. Um, I'm going to give some stick taps to the PWHL as just last night on Friday, February the 16th, uh, they set a record setting attendance as a Montreal team visited Toronto and they packed Scotiabank Arena with uh, a little bit over 19,000 fans. Uh, Toronto ended up beating Montreal three to nothing, but a great game overall. Um, And I think just stick taps because this is another pretty competitive hockey league that's uh, at least uh, gaining a lot of traction in Canada. I definitely encourage people to check it out if you haven't already. That Montreal team is uh, quite physical. It's a good time to watch and a different style of hockey. So I'm just excited. Uh, More hockey uh, to watch, more exciting uh, hockey to cheer about. And uh, that's what's uh, got me all excited on this Saturday. That's a great pick. Uh, what do you have to say for your winner this week, Rick? For me, I have uh, Jackson Stauber. Uh, we like to talk about goaltenders, and, and we have a theme running today that we're talking about defensemen and goaltenders. Uh, Jackson Stauber is a goaltender in the uh, Chicago Blackhawks organization playing for the Chicago Ice Hogs currently. He did something last night that no other uh, player has ever done, nor the goaltender has ever, well, uh, no other player too, has ever done in the AHL. And uh, we've got some audio from uh, the play-by-play uh, announcer for the Chicago Ice Hogs. His name is Mike Foda. 70 seconds left in the game. Still a 3 nothing contest. This is Alex Green from the red line. He dumps it in. They give him the benefit of the doubt. Stauber shoots at the empty net. Scores! The Swifty in his golden era. Jackson Stauber, a goalie goal. We like goalie goals. (laughs) I'm into it. Jackson Stauber with a goalie goal and a legit, um, we remember Strauss Mann got credited for a goal um, early in the season for Laval. This was a legit uh, goalie goal. He uh, fished the puck uh, from the boards behind the net, spun around and fired the puck the length of the ice um, into uh, the uh, uh, the Chicago Wolves goal. Uh, and that gave um, Rockford a 4 nothing uh, win. Um, over their uh, rivals. Um, and so for nothing, oh, that means that Jackson Stauber also got a shutout. 
So he is the first goaltender in AHL history to score a goal and record a shutout in the same game. Um, absolutely remarkable. And uh, Rem Pitlick was there on the bench in his first game uh, for the Ice Hogs, watching it all happen. That's great for Rem. Um, and uh, interestingly enough, where do we know that name, Jackson Stauber, from? Is it well, because he's a Swifty? Or? <laughs> See, that, that went right over my head, completely uh, over my head. <laughs> but I'm glad you caught that. Um, no, his dad, Rob, uh, was, a, was also a goaltender. Um, and he played a little bit in the NHL. I, I remember mostly from um, the Los Angeles Kings. Um, he played, let me check here, 62 games in uh, the NHL and 132 games in the AHL. Um, and, and he also got a goalie goal, if you can believe it. Um, that Rob Stauber uh, had a goalie goal for Rochester on October 9th, 1995. Um, but we, we know Jackson Stauber um, uh, because if you think back a year, a year ago, um, a year ago, February, we, we know that the Chicago Blackhawks were the worst team in the NHL last year. We know it by the record. We know it because they got Connor Bedard. But there was a threat to that terrible record, and it was one Jackson Stauber. Um, the Chicago Blackhawks went through a, a number of goalies. They had Alex Stalock, who was, I think he had con uh, concussion problems. Peter Morazic was um, uh, injured. And so they recalled Jackson Stauber um, from, from the Ice Hogs. Um, and he came up end of, end of January into uh, February and went on a run. Um, he was 5-1-0, um, won five of, of six of his starts, 281 uh, goals against, 9-11 save percentage, uh, and he was a sensation. And on Valentine's Day, um, the Blackhawks met the Canadians, um, and he had a 5-1 and one record. Well, the only loss he had uh, was a 4 nothing shutout uh, by the Canadians. He got no, goalies, <laughs> no goal support. Uh, and that was the the only um, start that he lost. Um, but now, uh, yes, uh, there's a Canadians connection there. Um, but now, uh, a year later, he is uh, scoring a goal and recording a shutout all in the same game. So we wanted to tip our hat to one Jackson Stauber. Yeah, absolutely incredible story. Uh, certainly a great goalie prospect there for the Chicago Blackhawks and uh Speaking of prospects, I think it's a good time to get to our Habs Prospect Report. It's time for the Rocket Report. The Rocket Sports Media team is your premier source for information about the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens, as well as Habs prospects playing in the CHL, NCAA, and leagues around the world. Bookmark THN.com slash Montreal to follow our comprehensive coverage of Canadians prospects. So each week we like to highlight a Montreal Canadiens prospect and uh, this week we will shine the spotlight on Rogel defenseman Adam Engstrom. Uh, keeping along the theme of defensemen that you'll see throughout this episode, uh, he was drafted in the third round, 92nd overall in 2002. Uh, this season, 17 points in uh, 41 games, known to be a very solid puck mover and uh, a guy that uh, just has the ability to make the right pass at the right time. 
Uh, his stats, uh, I don't think necessarily show all the contributions he makes for his team, uh, as he's certainly been uh, an anchor on that back end and uh, certainly uh, an interesting prospect uh, to look out for. Someone will probably have to be uh, patient for. And uh, Rick, what are your thoughts on one Adam Engstrom? He is um, an interesting prospect. And some some of our listeners probably... Uh, weren't aware until the development camp and and uh, he looked he's a very creative player as you said a puck mover um, it's his skating that is outstanding um, and and helps him with his uh, offensive game last season he was um, top four uh, for Rogel and this this um, this season he's got a much bigger role um, he's playing on the top pair um, he's averaging uh, 20 minutes a night. He's manning the power play, um, and it's it's his offense that uh, is his calling card. His his um, skating ability, his ability to create offense. Um, the only thing is, if if his teammates uh, would would be more helpful, if uh, his shooting percentage, his shooting percentage is uh, just above four um, percent. If if uh, that was, uh, you know, a little bit higher, uh, you'd be seeing the points come um, as well, I think. Um, and it's, it's with, uh, you know, it, the, his defensive game is uh, a work in progress, uh, but he's made some uh, strides there as well. And, and one of the things that I've noticed that he does well is, uh, and I think this is to relate it to uh, another uh, puck-moving defenseman like, a Justin Barron, uh, who's a good skater, moves the puck, all of that. Um, I think Adam Engstrom, um, his ability to go and and retrieve the puck, that's where where Barron really struggles. Um, and and Engstrom can go in, retrieve the puck, and and make that first pass. Uh, and that seems that that seems to be where he's made the the most improvement. He still has to, um, you know, make some adjustments to, to his game in terms of gap and um, using his, uh, using his size a bit more. Um, so, you know, where's this going to um, end up? Well, some of the scouts are, are saying his ceiling uh, may be a, a top four uh, NHL uh, defenseman, probably, you know, between that and a bottom pairing, uh, which is not a, not a bad thing to have, especially for the Canadians. Um, what was he? 90, 90 something, 92nd overall yeah. in the draft. Um, so this is, this is a project. This is somebody to, to, uh, keep our eyes on. Um, and there's certainly no rush. I expect that he'll play again, uh, in Sweden next year. Uh, and there's a possibility he could even spend two more seasons. So, um, we'll just keep updating you as, um, as his play improves and as he develops. For sure. Uh, last week, we talked about the Beanpot Tournament, and we have some updates on that as the Northeastern Huskies beat Boston University Terriers 4-3 to in overtime at TD Garden. Uh, Boston College would beat Harvard 5 nothing to take third place in this tournament. And a pretty good tournament for one Lane Hudson, who scored uh, one of uh, Boston University's goals in the final. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty interesting game to watch. Of course, uh, getting overtime in a final, you can you can't complain. But unfortunately, uh, Boston comes up a little bit short there. And uh, of course, uh, with Lane Hudson on that team, uh, he had a pretty big impact on everything that went on. Absolutely, and and it is an important tournament. Northeastern has um, it's four of the last five, three of the last five. 
Um, they've been uh, dominant at that tournament. Uh, Boston University having a great season. Boston College, you you, you mentioned, um, with Jacob Fowler having a great season as well. So it all is uh, uh, going to, we're getting close as we move forward to uh, Frozen Four entries. And uh, we'll see we'll see how that whole Hockey East uh, um, division turns out. Absolutely. And uh, you mentioned uh, Jacob Fowler. Well, uh, Hockey uh, Commissioners Association announced the 10 semifinalists for the 2024 Mike Richter Award. And uh, one of those uh, that was nominated is one Jacob Fowler. So this is an annual award given to uh, goaltenders uh, voted to be most outstanding in their division. So a nice uh, stick tap towards uh, Jacob Fowler. And of course, uh, Jacob Fowler getting uh, a shot out uh, to take uh, third place in that Beanpot tournament. A pretty good week for him, too. It is. Uh, he's had a great season, 21-5-1, 219 goals against, 925 save percentage and one shutout. This is, um, now Jacob Fowler is a freshman. There's only one other freshman on this list, and that's Trey Augustine. Remember that Fowler and Augustine were teammate, or were roommates, actually, um, during the World Juniors for Team USA. Um, if we look at these 10 goaltenders, Fowler ranks seventh in save percentage, uh, nationally ninth in goals against average. Um, and the last time uh, a Boston college goaltender made it to the top 10, um, it was Spencer Knight in 2021. Um, as it turns out, Fowler is the only goaltender from hockey East that, uh, that, that made these semi, this, um, this finalist list, semifinalist list, um, and we're going to keep an eye on this to see, um, um, you know, once the once the the award is made, that's a, a prestigious award, the Mike Richter Award. Uh, even to be nominated as Fowler is 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 a great recognition for him in his freshman year. Uh, continuing along with some goalie talk, uh, both Laval Rocket goaltenders had some pretty good weeks. Uh, going back to February the tenth, Laval. Uh, visits the Toronto Marlies and they come away with a seven to one victory. Um, uh, Casimir Cascazuo uh, looked pretty solid facing off against his former team uh, for Laval. A pair of goals uh, coming from both uh, Nathan Ligere and uh, Xavier Simino. So a very good game there and uh, lots of goals to be scored. Uh, they had a few days off in between, and last night, Friday, February the sixteenth, the uh, Laval visits uh, Hartford and they come away with a five to two victory. Patrick coming from uh, one of our favorites and J- Jared Davidson. And of course, uh, Jakob Dobish uh, facing 36 shots and uh, leading Laval to victory. So lots of goals being scored and lots of great goaltending in that Laval net. Absolutely. Dobish was the difference um, la- uh, on Friday night against uh, Hartford uh, in the Hartford lineup um, was one Tyler Pitt. Pitlick. Um, first game in the AHL in something like seven years uh, was uh, was sent down by the Rangers uh, this week. So both Rem and Tyler got in, um, got uh, were playing in the AHL this week. Um, Jared Davidson um, hat trick his first hat trick his first multi goal game in the AHL. I and he was uh, the third star of the evening in the AHL. The first star, of course, was Jackson Stauber. Uh, so Laval's record currently 21-19-4-2. That's 48 points and 22nd in the AHL. 
Uh, coming up, pretty busy week on the 17th of February. Today, Saturday, Laval's going to be visiting Wilkesbury Scranton. On Sunday, February the 18th, Laval visits Bridgeport before they come back home on the 21st to host Hershey. And then uh, they host the Toronto Marlies on the 23rd. So plenty of great hockey coming up for the Laval Rocket. Uh, the Trois-Rivières Lions, the ECHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens, uh, continue their downward spiral as uh, their latest game on February the 10th is a loss to Norfolk. They lose 4-3 to three in that one. Uh, these struggles just seem to be coming from all areas. Uh, the goaltending they were getting at the beginning of the season has uh, started to flatten out. Uh, they're not able to score like they did at the beginning of the season either. I know Laval has had some injuries and there have been some call-ups there, so perhaps it's uh, just the personnel. But right now, uh, the Trois-Rivières Lions have a record of 19-23-3-2. That's 11th place in the Eastern Conference. And be sure to want uh, to uh, head to THN.com slash Montreal uh, Monday. Every Monday um, is the Lions notepad. And that's where Chris G uh, takes a look at the previous week and gets you updated on everything that's happening in Trois-Rivières. Uh, looking at our uh, QMJHL website, we also handle the Quebec uh, Maritimes Junior Hockey League for the hockey news. Um, uh, we've been doing a, an interesting series on Memorial Cup contenders that's being written by our own Mike Raschel. Uh, look out for uh, more articles to come up soon. And uh, Rick, what can you tell us uh, about what to expect here? Well, as um, our, our readers, as fans of the QMJHL, uh, JHL um, may not have the opportunity to see what's going on in uh, the other leagues, the OHL, uh, the Dub, um, and so what. Um, what we're doing uh, with Mike is taking a review of uh, the contenders, uh, the teams that the the Q rep is likely to face once they get to the Memorial Cup. So this is the Memorial Cup contender series, um, and uh, we. The OHL is is uh, is so big that it's been split into to, uh, two sets of articles. Last week about the Western Conference, this week about the Eastern Conference. Uh, Sudbury Wolves is will be the uh, an article that comes out on Sunday that you might want to read. So you can find all of our content about Canadians prospects at thn.com slash Montreal. And if you're looking for the best English language coverage of the Quebec Maritimes Junior Hockey League, head over to thn.com slash QMJHL. And now it's time to get to our quotes of the week. Um, the NHL trade deadline is less than three weeks away. So Canadians GM Kent Hughes uh, prepared on the Get Your Back podcast. So we have two audio bits. Uh, the first one, we were talking about Jake Allen earlier and uh, how that's, uh, that situation has gone. Uh, there was a possible trade that uh, could have happened earlier in the week. Of course, uh, Chris Johnson mentioned that uh, that wasn't particularly close and that died down. But uh, how about this three-headed goaltending situation that Montreal has had all season? Kent, uh, what, how are you planning to deal with this three-headed goaltending situation? Yeah, we've been focused on, on looking for uh, a trade partner to, uh, to move a goalie out. The, uh, I mean, the goaltending market hasn't been very active, as we know. Um, <clears throat> I think there's, uh, and in, listen, there's so many, there are different elements to moving a goalie than just saying, hey, we got a goalie, you don't put a for sale sign outside your house and you're, 
your business is done in a day, so to speak. Uh, clearly, with goaltending, that's the goalies are affected by a cap situation as well. So there's a there's maneuverability issues, there's no trade issues, uh, and there's just finding the right fit. So <clears throat> does it happen between now and the trade deadline? I I've said it you know multiple times here in our market. I can't promise that it will. Uh, do I anticipate going into next season with three goalies? No. Uh, so between right. now and the start of next season, we plan to uh, to resolve the situation. But when that happens, I mean, it, it, to a certain degree, uh, depends on uh, those teams that are in the market for a goalie and whether they can make that happen. So uh, I want we wanted to play the entire clip there a little bit longer than what we normally play, but to give you the full context of what Kent Hughes is. Um, how he's planning to deal with this three goalie situation as he has been dealing with it all season long. We know they didn't want to expose uh, Caden Primo to, uh, to waivers. Uh, so didn't send him to Lavelle. And that's just, there's been a, you know, a, a domino effect uh, throughout the organization because of that. Um, now with everything, remember, and we always remind you that Kent Hughes has said that he's going to leverage the media uh, so is he posturing here? Is he playing hard to get, uh, you know, that he's not desperate to um, to uh, move a goaltender um, and, and in his negotiations with uh, general managers um, and, you know, who's to say? But I, what what is different, I think, is that we heard at the beginning of the season um, that you know, there was just how long is this going to go on was has always been the question and whether it's been Jeff Gordon at the microphone or Kent Hughes, um, they've said, you know, uh, is it going to go on past Christmas? We don't know. Is it going to go? Um, they've always said there's no way that this is going the entire season. Um, we don't know when we're going to move uh, the goaltender, but we're not going to have a three goalie situation for the entire season. However, Kent Hughes just changed that. He just moved those goals post. And he said, are we going to go into next season with three goaltenders? No. Um, so they, they've, they've moved, which, which opens up um, the possibility that this doesn't get, get resolved by the trade deadline and that, um, that it's, it's a summer trade. And, and listen, we're talking about Jake Allen, unless, you know, somebody puts in a, an offer on, on one of the others, but it's most likely Jake Allen that we're talking about here. Um, and the issue there is, well, there's a few issues. Kent Hughes talked about the market, you know, just isn't there, not very active, not a lot of teams um, um, and, and, and seemingly enough goaltenders out there to, to satisfy that. He mentioned the issue of no trade. We know that Jake Allen has a partial no trade clause, uh, so it has to be the right fit, um, a team that wants Jake Allen um, uh, and uh, and meaning a team that's not on Jake Allen's uh, no trade list. So this is this has gone on much longer than I think all of us expected, including uh, Kent Hughes. Um, but uh, it, it doesn't appear that they're in a rush to make it happen anytime soon. We have uh, one more clip uh, coming from Kent Hughes, and uh, in this one, he's talking about uh, term versus expiring contracts. But I think at the end of the day, timing to another degree also depends on, as Pierre alluded to earlier, is, it, is somebody on an expiring contract or does he have term left? When somebody's on an expiring contract and you're in a rebuild like we are, 
it's it's hard to let an asset walk out the door for free if there's value to that asset. Very important what he says here. And and um, he used the, the name Pierre. That's Pierre Lebrun, Ryan Rashog. Uh, thanks for the clips um, to uh, the Got Your Back podcast. Um, uh, two things that he says in here um, and, and kind of explains the difference between players who have term, players who are on expiring contracts. Who's on an expiring contract for the Canadians? That's Tanner Pearson. That's why I've said for a while now that that uh, it looks like um, Kent Hughes is trying to trade uh, Tanner Pearson. And what did he say? Quote, it's hard to let an asset walk out the door for free if there's value. Um, so if, if he possibly can and if there's any interest, uh, Tanner Pearson is likely going to be traded by the trade deadline. The other thing that um, Michael and I were, were um, <laughs> amused about was that he used the term rebuild, rebuild like we are. He's tried to avoid that term, but uh, didn't in this particular interview. Yeah, I think that's a nice catch right there. So uh, as we come up uh, on the end of this first segment, uh, we have some hockey news from around the league. Uh, let's start off uh, as the Rangers announced that one Blake Wheeler will be out of out for the rest of the season uh, with a lower body injury. He collided with Jaden Struble on Thursday, so a bit of an odd situation. Uh, I don't think that this was necessarily uh, something that Struble uh, did, just kind of fell awkwardly and uh, a tough break for one Blake Wheeler there. I know he means a lot to that New York Rangers team. And does that mean that the Rangers are... Um you know, uh, uh, going to have to go after um, a forward to replace uh, a Blake Wheeler. We know that there's, and it's been reported, uh, that there's no love lost between uh, the management of the Rangers and the management of the Canadians. Um, so this can't help. As, as you said, not that it was Jaden Struble's fault, but that uh, a Canadians player put out uh, uh, Blake Wheeler. And, and I'll just make the point that uh, it's been announced that he's out for the rest of the regular season, uh, not necessarily the full season. So there is a possibility that he uh, will be back for uh, the playoffs if the Rangers go on a long run. For sure. Uh, big news out of Columbus is the Blue Jackets uh, fired general manager Yarmo Kekalainen. Um, as we approach the trade deadline, the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, will have John Davidson step up and fill in that role of GM. I'd say it's pretty unlikely that they find uh, a replacement before then, uh, given the timing of it. Um, it's kind of been uh, an unfortunate uh, year for uh, Yarmo. Not the greatest offseason, and then uh, hiring uh, Mike Babcock at the beginning of the year, who unfortunately never got to be behind the bench for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, I think that set the team back a little bit. And furthermore, uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets as a team, their makeup just uh, doesn't make a whole lot of sense right now. I think they were hoping for a step forward, but uh, it's been more like a step back. Um, perhaps some patience is needed as they do have some nice pieces coming along. Adam Fantelli, uh, David Juracek as well. So the future is bright. Uh, it's just uh, it's been a long time that uh, Yarmo has been uh, the GM of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Tough situation for him too, uh, losing players like Bobrovsky, uh, losing uh, Artemi Panarin, having to trade uh, his uh, marquee third overall pick and uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois as well. I think he's done the best that he can do. It's just uh, been a difficult situation for the Columbus Blue Jackets. No, I agree. I, I like Yarmo. Um, I like some of the moves he's made. As, as you said, 
Uh, he's made the best uh, at times of, of the, the circumstances he's been given. Columbus pretty reluctant to, um, to spend at times. Uh, um, but, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, I always re- remember uh, him in Buffalo standing up to uh, Mark Bergevin over Pierre-Luc Dubois and, and Mark Bergevin just just uh, begging uh, for uh, Dubois at that draft. Um, as you said, John Davidson, the president, is going to be uh, um, handling the GM duties for now. There's some there was um, some speculation that uh, Jeff Gordon might be interested in that position um, because the Blue Jackets have a ton of of talent, ton of prospects. Uh, ranked well above the Canadians in terms of prospect talent. Um, there's been no official word, but um, I, I, I'd find that... I think Jeff Gorton wants to see the job done in Montreal and, and uh, before he would, he would move on. For sure. Uh, probably the biggest news coming out of the past week is uh, Toronto Maple Leafs defenseman Morgan Riley was suspended for five games for a cross-check to the head of Ottawa Senators forward Ridley Gregg. Um, not going to lie, I think uh, Ridley Gregg scoring on an empty net to break away with a slap shot is probably one of the more entertaining things I've seen <laughs> this year, especially against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, that was uh, pretty fun to see. Not sure why uh, Morgan Riley took so much uh, exception to that, especially with uh, his little to no effort to make a back check, back check and prevent that goal from happening. I think if with a little bit more effort, he could have stopped uh, Ridley Gregg from getting a breakaway. But uh, he just decided to be lazy and focused more on uh, revenge after the goal. Uh, so, of course, uh, Riley was given a five-game suspension, and uh, Riley has appealed the suspension, uh, waiting for a verdict here to see if this gets shortened at all. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent with you. Um, you know, no big deal. Ridley Greg into uh, the empty net. Um, Morgan Riley hitting him in the head with a cross check um, while the player was completely unaware and, and didn't have time to brace himself. Five games um, should have been. Uh, I, I think it should have been six games. Um, and uh, yes, he's gone and appealed that. The appeal went in on. Friday and and the Leafs were there and and Riley was there and the NHLPA sent their lawyers um, to argue to lower the suspension. The NHLPA um, is is a despicable organization. I've said it. I've said it before. Um, what about wh- where are they on protecting their players? Where where are they in protecting Ridley Gregg's rights? Um, he was the one that, uh, you know, was, was the victim in this, uh, and they're, there arguing for a lower suspension, um, for Morgan Riley, of course, it's the Leafs, um, and Gary Batman is, um, is deliberating and don't be surprised if, if, uh, the suspension is reduced, uh, because it's the Leafs, you know. <laughs> I agree with you there. Honestly, I don't think that there would be a story or anything if this was any other team but the Toronto Maple Leafs. So we'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so some interesting reports uh, being made by uh, Gilbert uh, Delorme on uh, BPM Sports. And this kind of relates back to some uh, uh, Montreal Canadiens legends and Mark Bergevin. Uh, what uh, happened here, Rick? Well, we've we've heard before from um, Serge Savard and others that during the Mark Bergevin era, 
that the Canadians alumni, um, the respected members of the Canadians alumni were disrespected. Uh, that has changed considerably under Jeff Gorton, um, particularly, and, and Kent Hughes as well. Um, and uh, Joe, Bear, Joe Baird DeLorme was a member of the Canadians um, back in the early 80s. Um, and he said, and I'll read his quote, um, with respect to uh, how uh, Mark Bergevin disrespected legends, uh, Montreal Canadiens legends, uh, DeLorme said, uh, Mr. Beliveau, used to go through the players' rock locker room to reach um, the, the, the room where the, the alumni uh, gather. Um, for Mark Bergevin, it bothered him. He said to the security officer, um, I don't want Mr. Beliveau to come through uh, the dressing room anymore because it disturbs the players. Flower, Guy Lafleur, used the players' parking lot, the parking garage, and that bothered um, Mr. Bergevin, too, and, and uh, Guy Lafleur was told uh, that he could no longer par- park in the players' parking lot. So, Beliveau, taking a shortcut through the players' dressing room uh, to get to... Uh, Bergevin outlawed that and, and um, you know, ended Guy Lafleur uh, parking in the... This is ridiculous. It's absolutely absurd um, and it just goes again, like I said, with Serge Savard and others who have spoken out about the way Mark Bergevin had re- respected, disrespected uh, Canadians alumni and, and Canadians legends. Yeah, so just a weird situation. And who is Mark Bergevin to think <laughs> that he should tell John Beliveau what to do? I personally would never think of telling John Beliveau to do anything as far exactly. as I'm concerned. Both of those guys can do whatever they want. And uh, yeah, just a weird power trip coming from Mark Bergman, I think. Absolutely, 100%. It's it's sad. It's really sad. So uh, with that, uh, I think it's time to get to our first break here. We have a new message from our sponsors, DraftKings. And then it's our big topic segment uh, in which we will welcome one Patrick Williams to the show. So stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Maybe you want to make a bet on five different players who are going to score a goal tonight. The opportunities are endless on DraftKings Sportsbook. There are so many different combinations, opportunities, specials, parlays, straight up money line bets, you name it. There's so many ways to play on DraftKings Sportsbook. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with the code THPN. New customers bet just five bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. 
NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella. You can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. With me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter at Rocket Sports. You can also follow this podcast at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and check out our website, CanadiansConnection.com or dot app CanadiansConnection.fm rather. Uh, you can also uh, make sure that you're subscribed to, subscribed to this podcast. Uh, it's the Canadians Connection podcast on uh, your favorite podcasting app or any one of your favorite players out there. So make sure that you hit subscribe. That way you never miss a single episode. And uh, Rick, you and I last week uh, on uh, Canadians Connection episode 282 uh, focused on one of Montreal's top uh, forward prospects and Uri Slavkovsky and uh, wondered if he would be uh, the best player to come out of that 2022 draft. Um, I think uh, that was an interesting topic. It was nice to talk about uh, forwards, but uh, how about uh, we talk about some defensemen and some uh, goaltenders in uh, this segment here. I know we have uh, Patrick Williams uh, waiting to get into the studio pretty soon, but uh, let's uh, set this up. Yeah, um, Patrick Williams, uh, as you know, he is, I call him the AHL guru. He writes about the AHL for NHL.com, writes for AHL.com, and and we're lucky to have him as part of the Rocket Sports team, and um, you'll find him um, on the Rocket Hockey Report uh, on on our YouTube channel, and once a month, he stops by the studio here to uh, share his knowledge um, and, um, and this time it's about, uh, Canadians prospects, um, defensive prospects, goaltending prospects, uh, developing in, um, in, in, with the Laval rocket in the AHL. Yeah. And, uh, some of the names I'm looking forward to hearing about are, uh, Justin Barron, Logan Mayu, Jakob Dobis, of course. And, uh, this, uh, conversation, it uh, also touches on the potential of David Reinbacker, uh, heading to Laval this season and, uh, uh, potentially one of uh, the goaltender that got away and one Yaroslav Askarov. So without further ado, I'm pretty excited to welcome him to the show. This is uh, one Patrick Williams. Thanks, Michael. Uh, very pleased once again to invite um, uh, Patrick Williams. You've heard him before. He's the AHL writer for NHL.com, the writer extraordinaire at AHL.com, and he's a contributor to Rocket Sports. And once a month, he visits us here at the Canadians Connection. We're always happy to welcome Patrick Williams to this show. How are you? Good. Uh, how are you? Uh, thanks for having me back. We're glad to have you back. I'm doing fine, thanks. Um, and I thought it was kind of um, it was kind of fortuitous that we have you on just after the Super. Well, it's like a week after the Super Bowl. Um, because I have it on good authority that you you are um, also uh, an NFL fan. Uh, that is, uh, your sources are correct. <laughs> uh, so I'm sure you're glued to the Super Bowl, as I was. Uh, not that um, I necessarily had a, a rooting favorite. Um, the Minnesota Vikings were not in the Super Bowl <laughs> this year. Um, how did, uh, what did you think of the, the, uh, the game and, uh, were you, um, rooting for any team in particular? 
Uh, yeah, didn't have uh, a strong rooting preference. Probably leaning more toward the Niners. Um, uh, if I had to, you know, really pick one side. Um, first, yeah, first two and a half, three quarters, I thought were kind of flat, right? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, you know, it, it seems that way a lot in the Super Bowl. I don't know if it's the two week break or maybe the. You know, the, obviously the pressure and maybe the just the different nature of the game and you know all the, the the interruptions and all the hype and you know the the different type of you know routine leading up to things and the um, you know the, the halftime that, that that stretches on but yeah they 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 seem both both teams seemed a little bit flat. Um, you know, for, you know, better part of the game. And then, you know, then things really picked up uh, toward the end of the fourth, fourth quarter, then obviously into overtime. And, um, yeah, Kansas City just, uh, you know, what now, three, three, uh, three and five years. Um, and looking for another next uh, yeah. season. Um, one of the things that uh, you love the Super Bowl, one of the things you're not so happy with is the length of the off season. Um, yes. If, if reading your tweets is any indication. Um, somebody who's going to be very busy, I expect, uh, in the off season is one Tom Brady, who's going to move to the booth and um, take over as a Fox commentator for uh, Greg Olson. Um, you're a little bit of a Brady fan, I think. Um, <laughs> uh, how do you think? Uh, uh, how do you think uh, that's going to work out, uh, Tom? Moving um, to be a commentator, a broadcaster. Well, I think if he um, if he's himself, you know, and kind of uh, maybe a little similar to how he is on, on this podcast, I think it will <laughs> go well. Um, I think if he holds back. You know, as you sometimes see with uh, ex-players, uh, they either, you know, don't want to criticize, you know, old teammates or friends or they just don't want to rock the boat, then probably won't go so well. But, you know, hopefully he'll uh, he'll follow the, uh, the former approach and uh, really, you know, be willing to, you know, like I sort of maybe compare it to like a Ray Ferraro. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Hockey. Uh, comparable where you know he'll he'll really you know yeah you try to serve the viewer right as opposed to um being concerned about stepping on you know the toes of your buddies or or teams or you know sometimes you see you see broadcasters that are hoping to work back in the business right and you know they don't want to you know uh you know ruffle any feathers and you know, so if, you know, if, if if Brady takes the approach, I think of, you know, well, I'm here to give the viewers the best broadcast possible rather than, you know, having maybe sort of a, a different uh, set of priorities, you know, then I think, yeah, he'll be great. Um, so hopefully you know, we'll see, though. I know he's replacing, you know, a very popular uh, yeah. commentator in, in uh, Greg Olson, so... You know, big shoes to fill there, obviously. Um, sort of a tough role coming in, like, as the number one. Um, we were talking about this before, you know, like, you're getting all the top games at, you know, 425 and, you know, the top matchups and, um, 
know, so you're, you're not getting, you know, kind of a, you know, a little bit more of a soft, uh, introduction into things, right? Like they're throwing you right into the frying pan. So, um, that will be, I guess, sort of the thing to, uh, to keep an eye on. And yeah, uh, the off season is just <laughs> longest off season in sports, right? Like yeah. you got, um, you know, solid five and a half months just to get to training camp. And then that runs, you know, like, uh, what, about six weeks or so, you know, between preseason and everything. Then finally you get the games going. Uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's a long – that's always sort of the thing with the Super Bowl that, you know, I don't love. It's just, it's you know, it's that last break or that last game before, you know, you know the long break. Uh, so that that's always kind of the, uh, the, the flip side of the Super Bowl for me. Well, the off season for the uh, for Minnesota Vikings fans, which I have on good authority, there are about three of them who listen to this podcast. Uh, uh-huh. Will um, will be watching to see if Kirk Cousins um, resigns as uh, quarterback, or whether the Cana- uh, well, <laughs> the Canadians, yeah, the Vikings will um, try to move up in the draft and uh, select a quarterback, of which there are mm, three or four uh, this time around. So, uh, but I agree with you. Uh, the off season way too long and um our off season advice for Tom Brady is tell the truth speak your mind much yeah. as we do here on the Canadians connection um so you're here for hockey we should move to uh talk about a little bit of hockey and um uh, just before we started uh the podcast um i was reminded that it's uh, one of those rare quirky kind of things that exist in the AHL uh, for the Laval Rocket uh, this weekend that don't uh, that doesn't exist in the NHL, and that's the infamous three and three. Uh, that's three games in three days, and for the Laval Rocket, um, three away games in three different um, uh, cities in the U.S. So, um, t- tell us about the the three and three in the AHL, and in particular. Uh, with Laval going to Hartford, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, and Bridgeport uh, this weekend. Yeah, the infamous three and three is uh, yeah a very good way to put it. Uh, I believe this is one of uh, I want to say only three this year for the Rocket. Um, you know, so um, they used to be extremely commonplace around the AHL, especially during the, the 80 game format that ended around, I want to say 2011. Um, used to, there also used to be four and fives and uh, here's a kind of really going into the weeds. There used to be uh, at least for a s- small stretch uh, in the late eighties, four and fours oh, uh, boy. So with, with significant travel too, as well. Wow. I mean, you know, so it's been a, a real priority uh you know, in the last decade plus um, uh, to really try to keep the three and threes to an absolute minimum. Uh, And they got rid of the four and fives altogether. Uh, They're not uh, allowed anymore. Uh, And uh, certainly the four and fours, they went by the wayside (laughs) a long time ago, just because that's just not, (laughs) that's not even fair. Right. I mean, Um, it's not fair to the players. It's not fair to the fans, right? I mean, in terms of uh, the product, right? You know, the, put them on the ice four times, and you know, not we say four and four. A lot of times, it's four and three and a half, really. Uh, or, you know, you know, with the afternoon, 
Yeah, yeah. you know, usually, you know, pretty much any Sunday games, you know, either a one, the three, or a five o'clock start, maybe a four o'clock or so. Um, this weekend is uh, more of a, a throwback weekend for the uh, Laval Rocket. Uh, they start in Hartford, uh, go all the way um, west to Wilkes-Barre Strand, and then kind of uh, trace their way back to Bridgeport, uh, you know, for an afternoon game. So, um, you know, for a team that's obviously, you know, in a playoff fight, um, I don't think it's too early to say that uh, the stretch drive uh, period really has started now. We're, we're uh, about, I'm going to say, a little over two months uh, from the end of the regular season. So if you divide the season into thirds, it's starting this weekend. Uh, and it's uh, it's certainly not an easy weekend uh, whatsoever. Uh, you're getting two quality clubs uh, right off the bat, you know, in uh, Hartford and Wilkes-Barre. And, and then you get Bridgeport, obviously a team at the bottom of the, the, the Atlantic Division, but you get them uh, at the back end. Uh, you know, in their building. So uh, it's, it's certainly go- going to be a challenge for the Rockets uh, just to, uh, you know, certainly to come out. And that's why it's such a challenge in, the, in this league. You know, coaches will harp time and time again about consistency. Well, one of the biggest uh, kind of enemies of consistency is, is uh, you know, the schedule when the games start to pile up. And, you know, that's when bad habits creep in. That's when, you know, players slip. And that's certainly something the Rocket and the coaching staff will have to be on guard against. Well, and it's, um, you know, overall, the, the three and three, if that's not uh, bad enough, um, the, the Rocket are coming off of uh, two games in, in Toronto. Um, mm-hmm. and the Marley's being a, um, a longstanding rival. Um, after the three and three, um, Laval will go home. Uh, but they'll host a midweek game with Hershey, best team yes. in in the league, and then right back at it with the Marlies uh, for another weekend series. So um, mm-hmm. this is certainly physically tiring, but also uh, the mental aspect of of uh, the opponents that they're going to be facing over um, over this two week stretch. Yeah, and, and then uh, then they go right back on the road, <laughs> go back, uh, you know, to uh, basically almost three trace this weekend, right? You get Bridgeport, you know, Hartford, and then you get Springfield. Uh, but you're right. I mean, right after you get back, uh, you know, so they play Sunday afternoon. Uh, you, you're done there, maybe 6, 6.30. You get on the road. It's a long trip back to Laval. You know, you're not getting home to the early, uh, early hours of Monday morning. Um, and then Wednesday, right? Yeah, you're right. You're right back at it against a Hershey club that, that is on a, a record uh, setting pace this year, a, literally a team that could uh, conceivably uh, set the new, uh, new standard. Uh, you know, the league, the league mark for a season is 775 in terms of point percentage. They're playing 792 at the moment uh, for a good portion of the year. They've uh, been over the 800 mark. Uh, so that's a team that you're coming home right off the bat, uh, you know, after a long, tough road trip. Uh, and you have to face the Hershey Bears, who are sitting there uh, waiting for you. And then, like you said, you have the Marlies, a team that you're 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 uh, trying to fend off uh, possibly for a uh, playoff spot. Uh, you know, it may come down at, at at some point to you know you and uh, the Marlies uh, battling for that uh, you know number four, number five spot. You got Belleville in there. You got Rochester hanging around in third spot, and then you have Utica, who's uh, 
you know, trying to get them, themselves together as well. So, um, yeah, this is a, this is an arduous stretch and then March is an absolutely packed schedule. So this, uh, yeah, I would say the stretch drive officially, you can start to say begins, uh, this weekend uh, for the Laval rocket. So, uh, yeah, uh, buckle up. Well, um, good advice, and uh, we expect that uh, that one of the players that J.F. Wool is going to be relying on in this 3-3 three and three, uh, on defense is Justin Barron. Um, he'll expect to be in uh, all three games. One of the, I, I, I guess, uh, Justin Barron didn't expect uh, that he was going to be in uh, Laval, played 41 games with the Montreal Canadiens, and then it was thought, it was um, it was uh, an opportune time to send him down for um, a little bit of of uh, work uh, at the AHL level. I think he was surprised um, and uh, maybe a a little unhappy, and and that's that's probably a, a good sign. Um, he's played eight eight games so far for the Laval Rocket. How have you seen him um, adapting and adjusting, and maybe uh, growing? um in Laval uh for the last uh, couple of weeks well I mean the first thing you want to see right is is a young defenseman you know he's uh 22 years old um you want to see him get a ton of playing time and that's exactly uh what he's uh he's been able to get uh since coming down um he had the all-star break in there a little bit to uh maybe slow that schedule down a little bit, but, uh, you know, early on, like, like he came in and played four games this first week, uh, with the team. Um, and now you're getting a three and three. So, and I mean, like you said, um, they'll be, they'll be relying heavily on a player like him, uh, to handle, uh, you know, probably upwards of 25 minutes a night. Yeah. Um, where, you know, uh, to really take on some of that, 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 that workload. Um, and, that's exactly you know what um, a young defenseman who's you know like you said probably disappointed to come down, but is still you know in a, you know in a lot of ways still trying to really get a true foothold at the NHL level, um, and um, this is a great opportunity for him. And you know like if you come down, any young defenseman if you or any young prospect period if you come down and, and really embrace it uh, and uh, look at it not as a emotion but as an opportunity um it it can be it could be a great uh springboard um i think the players that that get into trouble are the ones that come down and take a you know month or so to kind of get their head back um you know in the game and and pout or you know just view it as a demotion rather than an opportunity. Those are the ones that, that's, that tend to struggle. So like so far, so good for him. And uh, this uh, will kind of be a, a, another test for him, you know, handling this three and three. And then like, you know, like we said, you know, then you got Hershey coming in and, you know, it's a great, it's a great opportunity to go up against uh, a top team in the league and, and match up against them. So, you know, he's a player that obviously you're going to go and count um, all situations uh, just to, to, to be a you know a, a real force out there and you know kind of an equalizer you know he's a player that you can match up against you know an opponent's top line or you can put out there in the last you know two two minutes of a, a game where they're either trying to protect a lead or you're trying to you know uh, you know come back so um, yeah I like I like uh, where he's at right now and uh, we'll see where this goes uh, you know for him uh, you know this weekend. 
Let's stick with defensemen um, in Lavelle. And um, last time you were here, we talked uh, considerably about Logan Mayhew. Uh, Since uh, you were last here, uh, Logan Mayhew has been to the All-Star game. He was the the Rockets' representative at the AHL uh, All-Star Challenge. Um, And uh, he just seems to be rolling uh, right along. Um, 32 points in 45 games. And... and, um, uh, it just looks uh, very comfortable and kind of looks like if there was going to be uh, a call-up, if uh, another call-up was necessary um, by the Canadians that uh, you never know, uh, Logan Mayu could be next on the list. Sure, absolutely. I mean, just uh, you know, just uh, it continues to be just a great uh, first season for him. Uh, and I, I talk about this all the time with young defensemen in this league, uh, is that – Ability to assert yourself, ability uh, to not just kind of be a spectator, not just be uh, somebody that goes out there trying uh, to not make a mistake, but somebody that goes out there and 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 pushes the play. And I think that's what he's been able to do. And um, you know, that's that's always a big challenge uh, for, for young young defensemen in this league, especially this league will eat up young defensemen, right? You know, we've yeah. seen it with you know. If, first round picks uh it, it's it's a it's a difficult difficult lead in that regard you know and, and and a player that that uh brings composure i think is the other thing too right and um you know he's coaches at this level are <laughs> probably for their own you know uh um you know stress levels are are, are looking for that in terms of uh you know just you know, someone that they can trust, right? You know, I've talked about this with a number of coaches. Um, just, you know, kind of when does that trust factor really start to kick in uh, with a young player where he goes from, you know, a player that you, you hope will will get the job done, whatever this, the situation might be, to someone that you you know or you feel very confident can get the job done. And that's... It, it can vary with players, obviously, but uh, you know, I feel like Mayu is, is is in that st- stage now where you can throw him over the boards, and you, you know, if you're JF Wool, you can feel that um, you can feel good about that, and you you can uh, have that confidence that he's going to um, you know certainly uh, handle whatever you throw at him. So, yeah, I think uh, you know you know between him, between Baron, uh, some of the other young. Uh, decor you know you have in the system that you know slowly but surely now and, and this has kind of been a theme that we've always been uh hammering um you know the Habs haven't always had a whole lot in the system uh and now this year it really does feel like okay you know it is some of the younger players the the, the high-end prospects that are really starting to lead the way now um, in the system uh is another defenseman by the name of David, David Reinbacker playing in the National League um, and it's it's uh, been a difficult season. I, I think that's fair to say uh, for David Reinbacker um, had uh, injury um, issues. Uh, there's been a, uh, a change of coaches, uh, three different coaches uh, in Cloton. And um, but uh, you mentioned that the AHL is is a league that can eat up. Uh, young players, young defensemen, um, first round picks, David Reinbacker, fifth overall. Um, and they're, I guess the, the, um, 
maybe silver lining of of uh, David Reinbacker's season is there is an expectation that probably next month the Canadians will bring him over and let him uh, play uh, a few games in Laval. Um, I don't want you to necessarily talk about uh, David Reinbacker himself, but what is that like for a player coming over from Europe, um, especially uh, one where there's high expectations uh, and be thrown into a lineup, but be thrown onto a moving train. Uh, the you know if Laval is still in the playoff hunt, um, and um, as you said, a tough league for um, um, young um, a young man of of just nineteen to be thrown in that situation. It it, it can be very difficult, right? Um, it's 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 a number of factors for one, right? It's a they're they're young in most cases, right? Like if, obviously if they're a top prospect, um, B you're coming over from Europe, uh, especially Switzerland. It's a much different game. Um, you know, certainly from the American league. Um, so you have that, just that, you know, that just adjustment and style, right. That's, yeah. uh, is, is, is pretty, pretty considerable. And then you, uh, the third thing is you, you're, you're also just kind of trying to, integrate like you said the moving train is a great analogy you're trying to jump onto a team where you know that's it's been together now for five plus months uh you know you're trying to get used to a new coaching staff maybe you have some familiarity perhaps from you know um you know development camp or, or that sort of thing um or maybe some common relationships you may have but for the most part it's uh it's almost like you, you you're you're being traded and um you know, you're, 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 I think one thing that depends is what type of situation are you going into? Are you going into a team that's playing off the, the string and is not really competing for a playoff spot? That tends to go a lot more smoothly uh, because uh, those teams, you know, you're just coming into a lo- little bit of a lower pressure type uh, situation. If you're coming into a team that's a well-oiled machine, like say you were going to Hershey this year, well, they're going to be able to kind of give you a nice soft landing, right? Uh, not have to kind of throw you right out there, you know? So that that's kind of the other uh, end of that spectrum. Uh, a team like Laval, though, like probably going to, going to be in the hunt uh, March into April. And mm-hmm. um, every, every, you know, every game, every point is going to, to really be crucial there. And so uh, there, there's that temptation to throw that player into the, into the, um, frying pan right away and, and, and see what you have. You're excited. And, you know, it's a, it's a good, uh, obviously top prospect, but, uh, it does require some care in most cases to not, uh, you know, give them, uh, put them into too much too soon. So the mistakes uh, just get, of, the mistakes just get magnified. Magnified, right. Yeah. And, you know, and then, you know, and, and it, I've seen situations too, where, uh, it certainly can ruffle feathers too, right? Like, you know, you have a team that's been together for, for the whole, you know, the whole season. They, they've, you know, the guys that have, have been on that roster have fought to get a team to a certain spot. And then, Hey, you had this new guy coming in who's here to play 20 minutes a night. And that can uh, certainly not always sit well with players. And especially that, that new face comes in and struggles. So, uh, yeah, can, it can be a, a mixed blessing, uh, for both player uh, and the coaching staff as well. Like, you, you know, you're, yeah, you're potentially getting a, a, a good asset, you know, to add to your club, but uh, it does come with some potential pitfalls as well. 
Yeah, well, it's a good point that it could ruffle feathers. Uh, there, There's veterans who are playing for next year's sure. contract. We know al- uh, already uh, this season in Laval there's been um, bad feelings about ice time. Nicholas Baudin was upset. Mm-hmm. His contract terminated and, 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 on, and so on. But um, it's going to be interesting to watch and and, uh, and and especially, as you say, if Laval is in the heat of a, a playoff run. That's a great point. Uh, contracts, I mean, <laughs> playoff spots matter. Contracts <laughs> really matter. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, guys are playing for, for next year's job. They're playing, uh, obviously, for money. They're, they're playing uh, for their families, especially in the case of some of the older players. So, um, yeah, that, that can definitely brew some uh, feelings and egos. And um, that's something where you, you really need a, a coaching staff to uh, – have those uh, those people skills uh, to 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 know how to navigate that uh, not only with the player coming in but also with all the existing uh, players that have been there all season and have fought together all year and have uh, kind of built that camaraderie and um, you know uh, you're asking them to welcome a new face in so that's uh, that's a challenge in some cases for sure. We like to talk about goaltenders, um, so let's talk a little bit uh, of goaltending. Uh, last time you were here, we talked about Kazmir Kaskasuo brought in um, and kind of had an immediate impact um, and and went on a bit of a run. But um, uh, let's talk about the spillover effect of having a, a veteran like Kaskasuo uh, with the Laval Rocket. It seems to have um, steadied the ship, and and for Jakob Dobis. Um, it it hasn't negatively affected. It's not that that Cascasu is is uh, stealing the starts or anything like that. I think there was a uh, in the last week or so that that Jakob Doba's got four straight starts and in fact a back to back against uh, Rochester where he played extremely well. Um, and it, it seems to have given uh, the young man some confidence in his own game. Yeah, you know, uh, a good veteran uh, goaltender in that situation is like a co-pilot. Um, you know, and he, he's somebody that uh, can, you know, hand over the controls um, and is is able to sit back. Um, but uh, if there's uh, if there's an issue, he can jump right in, and, and that's exactly what Casper Suo has been. I mean, he had that one rough start in Rochester a couple weeks ago, but other than that, he's been absolutely fantastic, right? Uh, 932 yeah. uh, save percentage, uh, obviously, you know, a limited number of games, but, uh, you know, a player that came in and, and like you said, immediately steadied the, sh- the, the ship. I mean, it was, that was, it was a major issue for the rocket for the first two months of the year. And, um, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing that can really uh, sink a season, right? Like if your goaltending just isn't there and it, Obviously, obviously, you can have a spillover effect too, right? On the, on the rest of the club, uh, just you know, when, when there's not that uh, confidence or that that uh, trust factor uh, with your goalies, whether or not it's they're they're doing or not, um, it, it you know, it's, it certainly can affect the team. And so you bring in a steady hand in like Castro Suo, a guy who's who's been around this league for a while, and you know, certainly he uh, you know had European experience as well. Uh, and he just came in, and it, it just everyone knows. That uh, you know he's he's there if Dobish does stumble, uh, but he's also willing to kind of stand back in the shadows uh, and not uh, not uh, agitate for playing time. And th- th- that's uh, those guys are not easy to find, right? Like you you want somebody that that is 
both competitive enough to, uh, to push the young prospect, but also team oriented enough uh, to kind of put their own um, their own uh, priorities off to the side. So Casper uh, Suo has, has been a fantastic addition. Uh, you know, it was a really really good move that the Rocket made. Uh, bringing him in there and uh, really, frankly, may have uh, helped save their season. And it's it's been great for a young Dobish. And, um, you know, you have this goalie with, with potential, but obviously raw potential. Um, and, you know, somebody that's had his ups and downs early in the year. And, um, you know, I think it just – it gave everybody uh, just that safety net. Um, uh, that's – all right, you know – you don't have to go out there if you're Dobish and save the day. You just have to go out there and play your game. And if you happen to have a, a rough stretch there, um, you know, it's not going to uh, cost, you know, the team uh, because you do have that steady hand uh, with Jasper Sewell. Before we let you go, uh, as I said, we'd like to talk about goaltenders. And, and um, yeah. if you look around the league, uh, obviously some great goaltenders, uh, Dustin Wolf with the Wranglers, uh, the pair of goaltenders, Hunter Shepard and Clay Stevenson in Hershey. Um, yep. But if you look in the category of wins, there's one Yaroslav Askarov with 18 wins. He also stands out when you look at goals against um, average. Askarov there with two, one, seven goals against. Um, and why would we want to talk about Askarov, um, a, a, a first-round pick? Not often you have for a goaltender as a first-round pick, but was 11th overall in 2020, selected by Nashville. Um, and he's gotten into a couple of games for Nashville um, this year, but pr- mm-hmm. primarily he's been um, with the Milwaukee Admirals. Um, but where do we know that name from? Well, a scare off uh, with Nashville wanting to make a splash at last year's uh, draft and, and uh, the Canadians having uh, the number five pick. Uh, that it uh, seems to be more than a rumor that uh, the Nashville Predators dangled uh, Eskaroff. Uh, obviously, the Canadians looking for a goaltender um, and and uh, picked Jacob Fowler in the draft. But prior to that, um, that uh, there it was it was rumored that there was there was a deal uh, in place that could have sent Eskaroff uh, to the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, so. Uh, Talk about him as a goaltender the season he's had um, and how well he's done uh, in Milwaukee this season. Well, it's funny, like, how there's those kind of those connections, right, between uh, him and, and the Canadians, right? Like, you know, he made his NHL debut last season in Montreal. That's right. Uh, with Nashville, right? So, like, a, a player that you wouldn't necessarily really think would have much of a connection. Uh, you know, he's, he's in the Nashville system. Uh, he's with Milwaukee. Um, they're obviously not a team that, uh, ha- has, uh, you know, much of a connection, um, to the rocket, for example, but, uh, yeah, they, there's, yeah, if you kind of, yeah, as you've done, scratch a little bit below the surface, uh, there is kind of that link, uh, that's, you know, between sort of, uh, a player and, and another, an- another club altogether. But, uh, he's, he, he, I mean, this, you know, for me, Milwaukee and Nashville have, Almost the ideal, if not the ideal, uh, blueprint for how you develop prospects. Uh, goaltenders included. You look at the players that have come through there. Everyone from Shea Weber, Pekarene, Yusei Saros. I mean, Roman Yossi. If you're playing in Nashville, there's almost uh, 
guarantee you're starting uh, with Milwaukee at some point. Um, they just they have that blueprint down. They they go back uh, all the way back to the days when Milwaukee was uh, still in the former IHL. Uh, that's uh, it's the only uh, uh, affiliate that the Nashville's ever had. Uh, there's a huge trust factor there between the two sides, uh, and they really um, they've always struck that balance between. Uh, that winning and development, uh, which is so tough to do in this league. Um, and so w- with him, um, they had last year, Devin Coley, uh, very, very solid uh, goaltender there to, to kind of help him along uh, in his first full season. And then they brought in Troy Groznick, a uh, player that's uh, you know been a top goaltender uh, in the AHL for a long time. He came in this year. To be uh, kind of that veteran, that uh, maybe that equivalent of a Cas Desuo uh, in Laval, and it's just been a fantastic um, setup and, and a match, um, and it's exactly what you want to do. You want your your first round pick, your top prospect, uh, certainly to get the priority in terms of starts, but you also want someone back there that uh, can both be that, uh, like I said, with Cas Desuo. Both that that uh, that safety option as well as somebody that that uh, uh, can push right and you know somebody that's uh, really going to challenge a young prospect for starts and, and, and playing time. So um, he's a he's a fun personality uh, for sure. He has those uh, uh, celebrations. I think that we've all seen at different points. Quite a character, uh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely a character. Young young goalie, twenty one years old. Uh, certainly has that uh, path to the NHL. It's looking like, and um, you know, and, you know, there, there, it's just I think when you have that that um, well well worn trail, I guess I'd call it, uh, that uh, a young prospect can look at and say, okay, well, geez, look at who's come before me. Uh, Pekarene uh, made this uh, this same journey. Uh, UC Saros made the same journey. You know, so there, there's that, that, I think that it helps sell it to the player too, that this is the right path uh, for them to be on. Um, and, and, and these days, I think, especially that's important to sell that to players. Uh, so they, when they, they come to the age, they come with the right uh, mindset mentality and uh, Milwaukee has that then um, it's certainly shown in the standings there. They have a 15 game winning streak, uh, you know, fourth tying them for fourth longest in league history. Um, you know, they, they're really th- uh, threatening to run away with the Western Conference. And, you know, certainly a team that, uh, you know, could be a, uh, a Calder Cup finalist uh, come June and, uh, you know, maybe match up with Hershey, for example. Uh, and so uh, that would be a fan- another fantastic opportunity for him, uh, you know, certainly uh, go through another playoff run. They went to the Western Conference final last year and, uh, he was certainly a part of that, and uh, this would be uh, certainly a great encore as well. Well, we'll continue to to uh, keep an eye on Eskarov, um, partly because, as you said, he's he's quite a personality, but more so because of his skill set. Uh, just uh, as Marty Baron said, that the kind of goaltenders that have controlled speed can move quickly, but mm. always under control and. Uh, uh, and and with the other reason of what could have been for the Montreal Canadiens uh, if they had followed through, um, and you never know. I mean, and and knows, that's right. right. That's right. Absolutely. Sometimes, maybe that first go round, uh, there, there's not a deal to be had or a match there, but uh, maybe both sides circle back at some point. I mean, 
Uh, and they, they, that second uh, go around is where you do find that match. So certainly, I think a player, uh, certainly one to keep an eye on if uh, you're a Habs fan. And uh, you know, who knows, right? Like you never know in this business. And uh, you know, so uh, uh, just another little bit of intrigue, I guess. <laughs> Well, we're always intrigued when we have uh, you on the show uh, and always uh, uh, educated and entertained. Uh, For those that want to follow Patrick Williams uh, on X, on Twitter, it's PWilliamsAHL. That's where you'll find him, and you'll find him every month here on the Canadians Connection. We look forward to your next visit, Patrick, um, uh, next month, and thank you again for uh, being with us today. Thank you. Always, uh, Always a pleasure here. And thank you very much to Patrick Williams uh, for that uh, great interview. I uh, love his uh, knowledge of the AHL and uh, all the Montreal Canadiens prospects. That was such a great conversation. And uh, Rick, uh, thank you for leading the way on that one. Yeah, he's um, there's no one that uh, knows more about the AHL than Patrick Williams. He sees all the teams. He sees all the, the prospects. And he has the... Um, uh, the experience, um, you know, so when we when I asked him about... Uh, what's it going to be like for David Reinbacker, um, what, you know, to to enter a league midway through or or towards the end of the season, and uh, he he's able to understand what it takes for a European prospect to to do that. Uh, I also liked uh, that he said uh, about Askarov, um, you know, the the Canadians didn't bite uh, the first time, but um, who knows in the future. Um, and I'll just add that uh, Yaroslav Iskarov, um, last time I checked, he had won 11 starts in a row with Milwaukee Admirals in the HL. Oof. Three shutouts, 938 save percentage, and the Admirals, uh, with his help, have won uh, 15 uh, games in a row and uh, have put them in a position where they might be able to u- uh, move um, UC Saros. Uh, talking about the goaltending market, um, there, there is that that possibility. So thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Patrick, for uh, an excellent interview. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just before we head into our final break, uh, we have our Canadians Connection question of the week that we'd like all of our listeners to think about, and that is, which up-and-coming defenseman do you think will eventually make a bigger impact on Montreal's blue line? David Reinbacker, Lane Hudson, or Logan Mayu. We want to make sure that we hear from you. And with that, it's time to take our final break. Uh, Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The Rocket Sports Media team wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. 
If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, log in to THN.com slash Montreal. Your year-round source for anything Habs-related. That's THN.com slash Montreal. Welcome back to episode 283 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and you can check out our website, CanadiansConnection.fm. Also, just a reminder, you can text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line. It's 5853ROCKET. That's 5853ROCKET. And great interview there from Patrick Williams. I know he's a busy guy, so I'd like to give him some stick taps and uh, thank him for uh, providing all that amazing information about uh, Montreal's uh, defensive and uh, goaltending prospects and just uh, general information on uh, AHL and prospects in general. Truly one of the best in the business. Absolutely. And uh, I know that uh, this Montreal Canadiens team always has something interesting uh, going on. And uh, here at Rocket Sports, we have you covered. Here's what you need to know. We cover the Montreal Canadiens for the hockey news. And you can find all of our content at THN.com slash Montreal. All your Canadiens coverage in one place. Also, if you like our uh, multimedia content, we have a YouTube channel that's uh, we've got a lot of interesting content on there. It's uh, just search at all Habs. You can find it there. YouTube.com uh, slash all Habs if you want to find it as well uh, on there. We have a couple different shows, uh, two of them hosted by Amy Johnson, uh, the Habs Hockey Report, uh, the latest episode entitled Stats on the Habs New Guys, plus which Montreal Canadiens prospects might be next man up. And she also hosts the Rocket Hockey Report. The latest episode of that is entitled Casimir Kaskazuo Almost Did This Against His Former Team. So tune into both of those uh, to stay up to date on everything Habs and everything Laval Rocket. Uh, hit subscribe, uh, leave a like if you like what you saw, and leave a comment too. Amy's great at interacting with all, all of her viewers on there. And just a really good way of uh, checking out uh, everything to do with the Montreal Canadiens and the Laval Rocket. And I'll just add one more thing, because um, Amy's everywhere. Uh, if you're watching on, or if you're listening to us on Saturday, uh, the Saturday pregame show, you're going to want to tune in to the Hockey News uh, pregame show. And uh, Amy guests on uh, that show with uh, Ryan Kennedy and Michael Trakos from the Hockey News, uh, talking about uh, our um, the work that we do for the Hockey News at THN.com slash Montreal. And uh, this uh, podcast, the Canadians Connection podcast, we've started putting this on YouTube as well. Uh, last week's 
episode entitled Can Slavkovsky Conquer His Draft Class? Uh, you can find it there. If uh, you like what you saw there, then uh, also leave a like. Leave a comment as well. We get tons of great comments on our uh, YouTube videos. We have a few that we're going to read out a little bit later in this segment, too. And uh, Make sure that you tap that subscribe button. That way you never miss a single one of our episodes as this comes out, uh, I believe, every Monday on our YouTube channel. Plus, uh, we have a very special announcement. Uh, I know some people have already tuned into our live stream uh, watch-alongs on YouTube. But uh, with that, uh, I will invite our Rocket Sports Media contributor and my co-host on these live streams to the show, one Nathan McCracken. Nathan, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great on this semi-cold, sunny Saturday. Thanks for asking. How are you doing today, Michael? Pretty good. Uh, doing my best to keep warm, but uh, you know what? I'm pretty excited to have you on here. We have a very special announcement to make for this upcoming week. Yes, we do. Coming up on February 22nd, you and I will be live streaming on YouTube as the Montreal Canadiens take on the Pittsburgh Penguins at 7 p.m. Another edition of our Rocket Sports live stream watch-alongs on our YouTube channel at All Habs. So mark your calendars and come watch this game with us. And uh, for those that uh, haven't joined us yet, uh, how, uh, how can we describe this for them? How does, how does this work? Well, uh, you will uh, tune into the game on one screen, press mute, and join our live stream on YouTube. We will have a live play-by-play, scores, updates, analysis, and commentary, all while interacting with viewers via the live chat. It's the perfect way to add an extra layer of entertainment to your hockey game uh, uh, that night. And for those who haven't joined us before, we've added a new segment at the end of each game. Yeah, make sure you stick around at the end of the game for our post-game show. Uh, We'll call it the last round, uh, in which we'll provide a summary of the game. Uh, We'll go through all the highlights and uh, important takeaways. Uh, Plus, that's another opportunity for our viewers to send in their thoughts through our uh, live chat And uh, plus, uh, on top of that, we do a great intermission show after uh, the first period and uh, after the second period. Yeah, that is right. We have an intermission show entitled Nathan's Notes, where we break down the game and have a great topical discussions to keep everyone up to date. Yeah, designed specifically to engage all of our viewers in the discussion. Did I mention yet we have that live chat going so everyone uh, can make sure that their voice is heard on that. So make sure that uh, right now you head over to our YouTube channel. It's uh, youtube.com slash allhabs. Hit that subscribe button and tap the notification bell. That way you never miss a single one of our live streams along with our other content. Yeah, we look forward to watching the game with you all on February 22nd at 7 p.m. as the Montreal Canadiens take on the Pittsburgh Penguins. We look forward to seeing you there and uh, having some fun with you. And thank you very much uh, to Nathan for announcing that uh, alongside me. Uh, Just uh, make sure that you circle that date on your calendar, February the 22nd. Nathan and I will be uh, hosting another live stream watch along on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash allhabs. Hit subscribe and tap that notification bell too, as I said a few times already. That way you never miss any of our content that we post on there and you get notified right away as soon as uh, we have an upcoming live stream. Uh, also, make sure you subscribe to the Premier Rocket Sports Radio podcast on your favorite podcasting app, the Canadians Connection podcast. You can find every single uh, Canadians Connection episode at canadiansconnection.fm. We're here every single Saturday to bring you the best Montreal Canadiens content, and uh, we have a lot of fun doing it. We have lots of uh, great guests along the way, like Patrick Williams that we had today. So make sure that uh, you hit subscribe and never miss a single one of our Saturday episodes.
Rocket Sports Media is your inside link to the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, Rick, uh, I think we have a little Rocket Sports Media team announcement. Uh, we're looking for some potential new contributors. Why don't you join us? Um, we have a great time. Uh, you, you hear the names, whether it's Chris G or Amy or Michael or Nathan, um, Mike Rashel, uh, on and on and on. We have a great team. Uh, why don't you join us if you'd like to write, if you'd like to um, help us with the podcast, be a producer, if you, are you really good at social media, if you're good at graphics, whatever it is that is your talent, uh, we'll find a way for you to contribute to this wonderful Rocket Sports team. Uh, as you know, we, we contribute to uh, all of the Montreal Canadiens uh, content on the Hockey News, also the QMJHL content on the Hockey News. So if you have a interest in any of the, the Canadians organization teams or the Q, uh, we're glad to hear from you. Reach out to us on social media or uh, send us a text at 5853-ROCKET. Absolutely. Looking forward to hearing uh, from all of you. And uh, now it's a good time to get to our Canadians Connection question of the week. And to all of our listeners, we ask, which up-and-coming defenseman do you think will eventually make the bigger impact on Montreal's blue line? David Reinbacker. Uh, Lane Hudson or Logan Mayu. We want to make sure that we hear from you and we get tons of comments, text tweets and emails uh, throughout the week. And uh, we had some interesting ones, uh, particularly on our uh, YouTube uh, channel this past week. Uh, we lightly edit some of these just for clarity and uh, I'll start this one off. Uh, the first comment we want to get to comes on YouTube uh, from uh, dark matter eclipse. And uh, they say, WTF do you expect from Slaff? of this team of lackluster forwards and amateur coaching <laughs> expect the 19 year old to be a one man show. The fact that he he's on the first line tells you how lacking this team is. He will eventually be a true top six player, possibly first line. Hugh said he was drafted for size, the player he would be in four to five years and not expected to score 50 goals in a season. Yes, too soon to evaluate. So mm -hmm. that comes in reaction to last week's episode uh, when we uh, did everything about Yuri Slavkovsky, the episode entitled Can Slavkovsky Con Conquer His Draft? We did a full analysis and uh, we had a lot of fun uh, doing that. So I appreciate that uh, comment. And uh, Rick, uh, what else did we find on YouTube? Who's the amateur coach he's talking about? Um, <laughs> this is from Rick Bangle 5240 on YouTube. Um, Rick says, Slavkovsky's current performance is simply performing to expectations. Nothing more. Remember, he was the number one overall pick. Um all right. Um, we remember that he wouldn't have been categorized necessarily as the slam dunk pick, the not a generational uh, pick. Um, and um, and so a lot is expected of a number one overall. Um, you know, the, as the previous commenter said, uh, he is not expected necessarily to be a big goal scorer. Um, so he, according to Rick, he's simply performing to expectations, and I respect that comment. And uh, one comment uh, coming on Twitter from uh, Jeremy Sandone. Uh, Jeremy says, I find it pretty astonishing you guys question Slaff's hockey IQ. Did you see his pass to Suzuki just now? <laughs> Um, so, of course, we did uh, talk about uh, Slavkovsky's hockey IQ on uh, last week's episode as well. That uh, was a knock on him going into the draft. And uh, Rick, uh, what do you think about this? It's funny because with fans, it's all or nothing, right? 
the player is either a bum or a god, and you cannot um, you can't cannot be objective and say he's good at this and and needs to improve it at that. Um, Jeremy saying that um, was watching the game. And it was um, against the Blues, and it was already 2-0. And he tweeted this, Did you just see that pass to Suzuki that Slavkovsky made? Well, deciding hockey sense on one play is is probably not a very wise thing to do. And uh, so I looked at the play that he was talking about. It was a nice pass by Slavkovsky, for sure. The Canadians were on the power play. Um, this is the, the first period of the St. Louis game. As I said, they were down, uh, two, nothing, probably midway through the first period. Slavkovsky's in the bumper on the, uh, on the power play back to the boards. Um, and he's surveying the ice, getting very little pressure, um, from the, from the blues. The blues forwards are cheating, uh, towards, uh, Matheson. So there's a big gap between the forwards and the defensemen. Um, Suzuki's on the opposite side of the ice um, in a circle. Slavkovsky makes a, a cross-ice pass. Slavk- uh, Suzuki, one-timer, scores. There's a nice pass. Uh, did you need uh, elite hockey IQ to make that, to see that, to, to recognize what was happening? Slavkovsky wasn't in a, a situation where he's being pressured at all. There was a a mistake by the Blues, a pretty wide gap. Slavkovsky took advantage. Great. Um, we praised uh, Slavkovsky. We talked about his his improved confidence, uh, the fact that he was um, playing on the first line, playing with good players, l- seeming to be m- much more comfortable. He was shooting more, um, getting opportunities on the power play, um, that... that um, he was making strides in his physical game. We wanted to see him win some more uh, battles, um, and that that we wanted to see him drive the play. and And um, and the knock on him coming into the draft was his hockey sense. Uh, and that's all about. I mean, everybody that who makes it to the NHL has some sort of hockey sense, or they wouldn't be there. The ones with elite hockey sense are the ones who can process uh, the game quicker than. Uh, it's being played. And we've seen that that Slavkovsky struggles with that at times, that he's overwhelmed, that that things are happening too quickly for him. Um, and that's that's, um, you know, in 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 all of his tool set, uh, if that's the one thing that um, he's maybe doesn't have that others have. Um, oh, well, that's just that's the way it goes. But like I said, um, Jeremy was upset for this one play that he saw some. Uh, some hockey sense and um, and question us for for uh, pointing out the fact that scouts have said um, that it's it's an area that that um, that Slavkovsky uh, and and if you're Marty St. Louis thinks uh, can be improved. So uh, I think we hear abundance of uh, different opinions and we appreciate uh, hearing opinions from all sorts of different people out there. Uh, this whole, uh, when we were analyzing Slavkovsky, we, we did our best to be pretty uh, objective about it. And uh, we wanted to do that too, because Yuri uh, Slavkovsky was a pretty big topic <laughs> in and around social media and uh, the news uh, throughout uh, that whole week. So we wanted to make sure that we touched on it and, uh, we, uh, we agree to. It's probably too early uh, to analyze uh, whether or not he's going to be the best player coming out of that uh, 2022 draft. So uh, we and love we hearing from... And we said that from, last oh, week. We, we absolutely said that last week. It was yeah. our opinion that it was too soon to make that determination. 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we do uh, appreciate uh, hearing from all of our uh, viewers and listeners. Uh, continue to send us uh, all of your thoughts and comments. 5853 uh, is our Rocket Sports uh, uh, text line, uh, 5853ROCKET, that is. And uh, Rick, uh, we have an email as well if people are interested in uh, sending us a little bit more. Uh, you can reach us via email at hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. So coming up, uh, the Montreal Canadiens have three games uh, before we're here next. Uh, coming up uh, today on February the 17th, uh, Washington is coming to town. Uh, a couple days off in between before it's a back-to-back. On the 21st, uh, Buffalo visits Montreal. And then on the 22nd, Montreal goes to visit uh, visits uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. And uh, just a little reminder, too, head over to our YouTube channel during that game as uh, Nathan and I will be live streaming for another uh, watch-along we have a lot of fun doing that, and uh, we'd uh, appreciate if you tuned in and uh, watched the game along with us. Jake Allen um, on Saturday night against uh, Washington, and we'll see how, um, we're, as we've been talking about goaltenders and defensemen, we'll see how that goaltending market, whether anything happens uh, this coming week. For sure. So that's going to be a wrap for us today. Thank you all for tuning in and listening, and uh, make sure that you're subscribed to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on any of your favorite podcasting apps. You can also share it on social media if you like what you heard today. Enjoy the week. We'll be back here next Saturday, February 24th, for another great episode. Thank you all for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rocket Sports. Rocket Sports.